You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. All right, we're going to be in the book of Exodus today. Exodus chapter 2. I appreciate you guys letting me to do this. I love it so much. Exodus chapter 2, and we're going to be starting on verse 1. And while we're turning there, just want to give you a rundown of what's leading up to this verse and what we're going to talk about. We're going to be talking about Jochebed, the mother of Moses, and the faith that she had. Because without her faith, Moses wouldn't have been the great man that he was. It took Jochebed, Jochebed's faith, to make him into that man. It, was, it took her letting go of the baskets, giving her life to the giving her life to Christ, giving her life to God, giving all of her efforts, all of her time to the Lord, and just throwing up her hands and let the Lord do a work in her life and in Moses' life as well. And that's what we're we'll gonna be looking at here in Exodus chapter two. And now leading up to this, I want to look at the context a little bit. Leading up to Exodus chapter two. Now during this time, the Israelites were slaves. And they were under the Egyptian nation. They were the slaves to the Egyptians, basically. And these people um, were persecuted. They had nothing. They were powerless. And it was a very tough situation during this time. They didn't really have anything. But in spite of that, in spite of being slaves, the Lord still blessed them. The Bible says that they were multiplied. They multiplied abundantly. And they became a huge nation. The nation of Israel became huge in spite of everything that the Egyptians put their way, they still continue to multiply. They were still fruitful, and that's how the Lord blesses. So during that time, Pharaoh came up with a great idea to kill all of the newborn sons, right? So the rule was that the newborn sons had to die. If you were three months or younger, you had to die. You had to be thrown in the Nile River, long story short, and the women were able to stay alive, the newborn girls. They were able to live, and that was the law, the decree that Pharaoh made to the Israelites, but one thing that Jochebed didn't do, Jochebed didn't listen, right? Jochebed had faith. The Bible talks about Jochebed's faith a lot, and it took the faith of Jochebed to not allow Moses to die and to wait on the Lord and then to finally trust in the Lord and give up Moses completely and basically let go of that ark and let go of that basket. And we see that here, but the thing I want to point out here tonight is the process of Jochebed's faith because there's a process involved with that. And we see that here in the first nine verses of chapter two. Look at it with me if you would. It says, And there went a man out of the house of Levi, and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could not longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes, and daubed it with slime and with pitch, and put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the river's side. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him, and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. I love that. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child 
and nursed it. Let's pray. Our Holy Father, Lord, I thank you so much for your grace. I thank you so much for your mercy. I thank you so much for allowing me to be here today to preach your word, Lord. And I just thank you so much for saving my soul. Thank you so much for um, everything that you've done for me, you've done for this church, Lord. And um, thank you for allowing me to get to the point where I can just give it all to you, Lord, and surrender my life and uh, let go of my works, let go of my my selfishness and letting you control my life, Lord. I thank you for that day, and I ask that you continue to help me do that. Um, just prepare our hearts tonight. Help us be listening to what you have for us. Speak through me, Lord, and just help us glorify your name in all that we do, Lord. We say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, so what we just read was the faith of Jochebed. Jochebed, by faith, held <coughs> Moses for three months and got to the point where she let go of the basket, literally put Moses in the river, and let the Lord control basically his destiny. And that faith is a big thing. And what we find out when we see that is we don't see the Lord start doing a work in her life and the work in Moses' life until she finally let go of the basket. And that's the thing that we need to do as well. We need to let go of the basket. But that faith has a process. There's a process involved with that a little bit. She went through a lot of trials during that time. She had a different mindset throughout. And that's what we do a lot of times. But by faith, we need to eventually get to that point where we let go of the basket. And we see that here in the first nine verses of Exodus chapter 2. First off, I see that her faith was reluctant at first. She had a reluctance to start off that faith. She had faith that the Lord would provide, but she was reluctant and finally letting go of the baskets and backing away and letting the Lord control it completely. We see that in verses 2 and 3. Look at me if you would. Look with me if you would. It says, And the woman conceives... And bear a son, and when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could not longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes. Right there, when she could not longer hide him, when she could no longer do it anymore, that's when she finally placed him in the river. Amen. There was a reluctance there. She was reluctant to do it. And that's something that we go through a lot, right? We're reluctant to give our all to the Lord. We're reluctant. We have faith. We say we have faith. We, we say we trust in the Lord. But we're reluctant and giving our all. But she had every right to be reluctant. If you look at the situation, what she was going through, she was reluctant because of the danger involved. Now think about that. She was supposed to give her newborn child, her beautiful, goodly child, Moses, and she was to place him on the Nile River. That same Nile River is where thousands and thousands and thousands of babies died, were fed to the alligators. So these alligators, these crocodiles during this time, man, they were hungry for the taste of blood. They were hungry for the taste of babies. And the Lord expected her to put that baskets on the edge of the Nile River. That's a dangerous thing going on. It's another danger knowing that Pharaoh's daughter is right there and knowing what she can do if she saw that. If she was in a bad mood, she could have just tossed that baby over, right? Just dumped it over on the side of the river. There's a danger involved. She was reluctant because of the danger involved with that, with letting go. She was also reluctant because of the doubts involved as well. There's danger involved, and that doubt of the danger, thinking about all those things, caused her to doubt the promises of God, caused her to doubt what God had intended for them. And it's something that we all go through, right? We doubt the promises of God. We doubt what this word says, what the word of God says. We, we know the scripture verses. We know that we can overcome the wicked one. We know that God has intended for us to do all these things, to accomplish all these things, to um, have all of these abundant blessings, all spiritual blessings, all of this stuff. We know that, and we know that the Lord can help us and help us get through it, but when it gets to the point where we have to actually 
let go of the basket and surrender all to him, we doubt. We're reluctant. We're reluctant because of what's going to happen. We're reluctant because of the danger. And we're also reluctant because we are not God. We do not know God's plan for our life. You know, on paper, that sounds like a bad plan. It's letting go, putting it on the Nile River, and walking away. That sounds awful. But that's what the Lord wanted him to do. And that's the same thing with us. A lot of times in our life, we doubt because our finite minds don't understand God's plan. We don't understand the Lord's ways. We don't know the plan. He knows it from start to finish. He knows what's going to happen. That's why he has the perfect plan. But for us as Christians, for us being in this world, we don't know what's to come. We don't know what's going to happen, so we're going to do what's best in our eyes and in our minds. But we cannot do that if we are Christians, if we're trusting in the Lord. If we say that we've surrendered to the Lord, we must not, we can't not do that. We need to trust in the Lord. We've got to realize that his ways are above our ways. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, verses 8 through 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We need to remember that. Amen. We need to remember that his ways are way better than our ways. His plan for our life is so much greater than what we had intended. But we had thought, if she were to keep that baby past the three months, and just try to keep it quiet, keep it quiet, keep it quiet. Because for the first three months, he was relatively quiet. But then what happened? He started to cry a little bit. He started to fuss. And that started to bring more doubts and more worry that the Lord was going to deliver her. And the that the Lord was going to deliver him. And he, she could have stayed reluctant and kept that baby, just kept it in a closet and let it grow up. But eventually, those Egyptians would have heard it. And that kid would have got caught and that kid would have, would have died. Right? We need to realize that his ways are above our ways. But she was reluctant. She was reluctant because of the danger. And she was reluctant because of the doubt. But we notice now that she finally gets to the point in her process of faith where she finally lets go. The Bible says when she could hide him no longer. The Lord put them to a point where they could literally, there was nothing more they could do. There was no more waiting. There was no more pushing it off. She got to the point where it was either death for Moses or release. She trusted in the Lord finally. She could hide him no longer. Look at verse 3 one more time, if you would. The Bible says, And when she could not longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes, and doubted it with slime and with pitch, and put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. Right there we see the release in her faith process. Finally letting go and releasing Moses. Giving it to the Lord. Trusting in the Lord completely and surrendering all. Giving that child to the Lord. And that's where we see the good stuff starting to happen. Right now we notice here, that release was simple. It just says she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. It was a simple release. Same thing with us. It's very simple for us. There's not many plans involved. Jochebed did not have to do this and do that and do this and try to figure out a perfect plan to release that basket. All she had to do was just lay it in the Nile River. It's a very simple process. Our faith is simple. Surrendering to the Lord is simple. You know, she did exactly what the Lord wanted her to do. She trusted in the Lord, and she placed Moses in the hands of the Lord, exactly where he wanted. Same thing with us. We can cast our burdens unto the Lord. We can cast our problems unto the Lord. That is, into the Lord's hands, just like Jacobet did. It doesn't seem very good in the eyes of us, our finite minds, but that's us trusting in the Lord. We can cast our burdens. It's a very simple thing for us. Amen. It's a simple, amazing thing. We can cast our burdens Unto the Lord. Look at this verse now, Psalm 55, 22. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. 
He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. He Amen. shall sustain us. That's a great verse. Yes, but we sir. just got to release. We got to cast our burdens just like Jochebed did. It was a burden, but she trusted in the Lord and placed that basket in the hands of the Lord on the edge of the Nile River. It was a very simple release. But notice now, once you get to that point, just like Jochebed, once we get to that point where we actually let go of the basket, where we actually let go of our problems, where we cast our burdens onto the Lord, it's scary. Right? The release was simple, but it was also a very scary thing. The release was scary as well. Now notice, once she did that, she no longer had control. For the first three months, she had control over that child. She could calm it down when it started to cry. She could calm it down where it got too loud. She had control over that situation. She had control over that burden, over that trial. But once she finally let go, she had no control over it. You don't hear Jochebed whatsoever until the end of this story after this. Because she no longer had control. She released her hands and she gave it to the Lord. That's a tough situation. A lot of us go through that, right? We don't want to give up our problems. We do not want to cast our burdens on the Lord because a lot of times we try to suppress our emotions. We try to suppress the stuff that we're going through. Oh, I'm not stressed. I'm not going through this. I'm not going through that. It's fine. I can handle it myself. I can handle this temptation myself. I don't need help. I can handle this sin. I'm going to get it under control eventually, right? I can do it myself because we're too scared to actually do the simple release of letting go and letting the Lord do the work because it's a scary thought. She no longer had control of that child anymore. The child that she grew, the child that she nursed, this lady, this woman literally took Moses every single day, probably constantly throughout the day. She was taking care of Moses. She was feeding it and, and nursing it and changing its diapers. And then at one point, she just had to let go. That's a scary thought. A lot of times with us, we go through it. It's very scary. Sometimes we have pet sins like that. You know, We start getting used to our sins. We like the way it makes us feel. We like that it's a stress reliever sometimes, right? And we have those pet sins, those pet problems, and it's kind of like Jochebed with Moses. She got to a point where she nursed it every day. She took care of it, so she got to a point where she didn't want to actually let go in the end. Same thing with us, with our problems, right? There's many different situations. There's many different applications with this, but we all have that one thing that we're not willing to let go because we have no control over it after we finally cast that burden onto the Lord. It's a scary situation. It's scary because she no longer has control of that problem. It's brought to light. Once that happened, it became real in her life. Like, am I really doing this? Walking away. It's really done now. It's official. There's no going back after that. That's a scary, scary, scary thought. It's a scary thought because she no longer had control. It's also a scary thought because she had to rely on other people after that. Because once she released it, there was no doing any more work on her end. She had to rely on the Lord, and she had to rely on the people around her. Look at verse 4, if you would. The Bible says, And his sister stood afar off to wit, stood, and his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. So right there, she had to rely on her daughter Miriam. She was no longer in the situation. She backed off. She released it. She was done. She gave it to the Lord, and she had to rely on Miriam to do the work. That's the same thing with us in a lot of situations. We need help, right? When we cast our burdens onto the Lord, a lot of times I'm very good at casting my burden on the Lord. I'm very good at telling him my problems and telling him to fix it. 
But then when I finally get to the point where he tells me what I need to do to fix it, that I need to release this, and I need to get help. I need help from somebody else. I'm getting too stressed in the situation. I need to take back. I need somebody around me to help me. That's the hard situation for me. I'm willing to cast my burdens. I'm willing to talk to the Lord, but I'm not willing to get help from anybody else but myself. That's something that I go through a lot. That's something that we all go through. But you see here that Jochebed would not have been able to save Moses. We would not be talking about the faith of Jochebed if she did not get help from her daughter Miriam. Same thing with us. It's a scary situation to ask for help because when you ask for help, they might fail you. They might do it wrong. That's what goes on through our head. But if we are trusting in the Lord, if we are doing it and giving it to the Lord in his will, he's not going to. It's a simple release, but it's a scary release. But it's something that we need to do. We need to get help. We need to ask help from our Christian friends, from our church. The Bible talks about that a lot. The Bible says in James chapter 5, verse 16, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. Talk about us getting help from the church, getting help from our Christian friends around us. Now that term one another is used a lot in the New Testament. If you read it at all, you're going to see that word eventually more times than you can count. Now that term, one another, is two words in the English language. We use it a lot, one, another, one, another. But in the Greek, it's actually just one word. And that is alelon. Alelon. Now that term is used a lot in the New Testament as a whole. The term is used 100 times in 94 New Testament verses. Alelon. That one another. One to another. Paul talked about it so much. He used 60% of what we read in the New Testament about one another. It's written by Paul. It's because, man, we need help. Amen. We need to confess our faults. We need to ask for help. When we're stressed out, when we are dealing with things that we do not want to talk about, we do not want to give up, we do not want to let go, we need to seek that help because a lot of times what happens is the devil does not want us to get help. Because once we finally get help, we get help. Amen. That's a lot of things that happen. It's a, it's a scary thought, but we need to get help. We need we need. The Christians around us. A lot of times, the hardest part is actually asking, but after that, it gets a whole lot easier. I can't tell you how many times that's happened. That's happened so much with me and Hannah, where I didn't want to ask for help about this situation or this trial or anything like that. Finally, when I opened up, she has a solution. It's an amazing thing. I love it so much. But that's something that we all have. That's something that we all need. We need to open up. We can't bear it in and think that we have control over it. If Jochebed controlled it herself and didn't ask for help, Moses would have been dead long ago. Moses would have died probably within a couple weeks after that because she got to the point where she could hide him no longer. It's a scary situation. The release is simple, but it's scary. But once you get rid of that basket, once you finally let go and you trust in the Lord, then we get to see the great thing that happens. We see the reluctance and the process and the faith of Jochebed. We see the release, finally, of Moses. Then we see the results. The results in verses 5 through 9. Look at me if you would. Look with me. We see the sovereign results. The sovereign results. Look at verse 5. It says, And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. Right there we see the sovereign results. Pharaoh's daughter saw the ark. That's the sovereignty of God right there. First off, Pharaoh's daughter saw the ark. Now, I'm a whosoever will man 
more than anybody. I, 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 whosoever will, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I believe that 100%. But that doesn't take away from the sovereignty of God. Amen. We see that there. Pharaoh's daughter saw the ark. We also see in verse 6 that Pharaoh's daughter had compassion. Not only did she see the ark, but she had compassion as well. Verse 6. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. She had compassion. That is not something for an Egyptian to do. She knows her dad's rules. She knows her dad's decree. She knows her dad's law. She could have instantly tossed it over, throw it back overboard. That's a Hebrew's children. That's a Hebrew baby. Let's get rid of it. But the sovereignty of God changed that woman's heart for a split second to have compassion on that child. It's a sovereignty of God. We see Pharaoh's daughter saw the ark. Pharaoh's daughter had compassion. We see the sovereignty of God. We see the sovereign results. And then we see the supernatural results as well. Verse 7 and 8. I love this. Jochebed's return. So once she released that basket, we didn't hear of Jochebed for a few verses. She was out of the scene. She was relying on the people around her, and she was trusted in the Lord. But finally, after Mary himself, then we see Jochebed's return. After we see the sovereignty of God, then we see the results of Jochebed's faith. Look at verse 7 and 8, if you would. It says, Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? That's Miriam helping out his mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. Right there we see Jochebed's return. She's finally coming back. She's seeing the sovereignty of God. She's seeing the supernatural results after finally, when she let go of that basket, when she released, man, the Lord started to do a work in her life. And she gets to come back in that boy's life for not very long. She was away from it for what? Like, I don't know, 20 minutes? Maybe longer? I'm not really sure. The Bible doesn't say. But it wasn't that hard. It wasn't that scary because the Lord's involved. Amen. We see the sovereignty, we see the supernatural results, and we see Jochebed's return from the help of Miriam. Then we also see Jochebed's reward for her faith. We see the results, now we see the reward. Look at verse 9. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. So not only... Does she get to be in that child's life? Not only does she get to stay in the life and the, the baby doesn't die, the baby that she prayed for and longed to live, not only that, but the Bible says that she's getting paid to take care of the child. I will give thee thy wages. That's what Pharaoh's daughter said there. Think about that. There's, she couldn't have came up with that herself if she came up with that plan. There's no way she could have said, oh, man, that would just be the coolest thing. I, I'm, gonna, I'm hoping for that. I'm praying for that. No, the Lord always gives us abundantly more than what we can ask or think. We're learning that in Ephesians. It's coming up in a couple weeks. I'm telling you right now, it's so much better than we can ever imagine when we finally let go of that basket and trust in the Lord completely. We get to see the results and we get to see our reward. We have an inheritance in heaven. All spiritual blessings are in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But we've got to have our faith in Christ Jesus to get those spiritual blessings. We've got to be in Christ. We've got to have our faith in Christ. The only way we're going to have these results and we're going to have that reward is because of a supernatural experience. It's because of a sovereign God. And the only way we can have those things is if we put our trust in Christ. Amen. Those supernatural results can happen to you and me. She gets to take care of her child and get paid for it. Amen. That's an amazing thought. I will give thee 
thy wages. I'm telling you right now, God has a plan for your life far greater than you can ever imagine. You can ever imagine. I'm telling you that, man. I, I, I can't even fathom. I could not even muster the plan that God had for me, that I would be able to be preaching here today. First Wednesday of every month at 22 years old, that doesn't happen. That's the most amazing thing ever. I get to fall in love with the most amazing woman. I'm telling you right now, and she's not going to like me saying this, she's the best Christian I've ever met. I'm dead serious on that. I'm dead serious on that. And I, psh, I'm going to marry that? Like, it's far greater than I ever imagined. I ever thought. It is something amazing. But it took the point where I had to finally let go of that basket in my life. Sorry. But I'm telling you right now, if we let go of that basket, we can see the Lord finally start doing a work in our life. If we let go and surrender all, and we act on faith, ask for help. If you're not, if you're dealing with something, if you're dealing with a sin, if you're dealing with a struggle, temptation, if you're stressed out, and you need a little help around the house. My mom does that. I love her so much, but she really, she likes to, she doesn't want to be a burden on anybody. So she does it herself. She does it herself. It gets to the point where it, it is hurting her. And we just need to get to that point where we ask for help. We ask for help in our life. If we're stressed in our walk with Christ, if we're struggling with what the Bible says, that's letting go of the basket as well. Letting go of your pride and saying, hey, I don't know what this verse means. Help me with it. We need to let go of the basket in our life. What are some baskets in your life? I want you to think about that. What are some baskets in your life? And I, want, I, I beg you today to let go of it. Bring it at an old-fashioned altar and surrender.